2: Thanks for joining us uh, on the polls uh, here on the Join You channel. We have a bit of a breaking story for you as Chief Justice uh, Gertrude Tokunu. uh, Chief Justice Norman, I beg your pardon, Gertrude Tokunu uh, has been approved by Parliament. We can take you to the House now uh, to get the latest of what's happening there. We'll get you uh, some details uh, a bit more here on the polls. Uh, and also we know that the National Democratic Congress and the new patriotic party uh, is uh, turning up the volume in the SIM North uh, constituency with a by-election coming up in three weeks. We're live on the grounds, plus details of all the issues uh, grabbing the headlines. One of them, uh, the demand by youth group for the Uh, electoral commission to reopen the voters register to allow many people uh, who have turned 18 since the last registration uh, in 2019. Also embattled uh, appointee at Ghana's uh, electoral commission, Dr. Peter Piahini is facing fresh opposition as the National Democratic Congress uh, MP Nelson Roxon, The PM was dragging the former lecturer. Uh, to the Supreme Court of his alleged affiliation to the New Patriotic Party. Uh, we have more on this, uh, plus get some updates from you on the reasons for which the MP is heading to court. And data by the Ghana Education Service indicates that over 300 school children lack furniture in the northern region. That's the latest now. Uh, latest series on Ghana schools of shame. We have details coming up. We'll get you uh, more on that later here on the Pulse. The Pulse, is always, is brought to you by Global Communities, Digni, Lua, Affordable, Safe Sanitation. Don't forget that we're on DSTV Channel 421 and we are on GoTV as well. I'm Blessed Sukhan. We are back with details shortly. <music> Let's uh, take you now to Parliament. Um, of course, my colleague Koko Asanti is joining us now uh, with updates on what's happening on the, the House, uh, the, the floor. Uh, as we understand that the Chief Justice uh, nominee, uh, Gertrude Tokuno, has been approved. Uh, Koko, you give us some updates as you have it.
3: Oh, about <clears throat> just about an hour ago, Parliament unanimously approved the nomination of Justice Gertrude Tokuno to become the next Chief Justice of the Republic of Ghana, we know that at vetting, the minority had insisted that without the judgment in the case of Jatikwisin, they were not going to take any decision on her. The decision came on Monday and the next day, on Tuesday, the minority held the news conference announcing that despite their strong disagreement with the judgment, they were not going to withhold their unanimous approval of her nomination because they believe that she was qualified in the person of Justice Getu Chokono to, to take over from Justice Enidia in Boa as Chief Justice, and also Jones, who has been acting in the past few days. And so the vote came down, but of course, not without some shoulder, not without some strenuous debate on both sides. We first heard from the Minority Chief Web Gavin coming Boja, who argued that he was expecting that this Chief Justice, if she's sworn in, will be a better judge than would we'll be a better Chief Justice, I, I beg your pardon, than Justice Poseidon Yeboa? He argued and he contended that Poseidon Yeboa presided over a court that delivered justices which were a miscarriage of justice in his opinion. The majority side, of course, hit back first. We heard from the first Deputy Speaker, Joseph Osewusu, who said that instead of lumping up the court together and criticizing them, they must pick each and every judgment of the court. And argue with facts and on, on the basis of law before they can say that a case was wrongly decided. So, in all, the court has now, the, the court is now going to get a new chief justice in the person of Justice Gertrude after Parliament approved of a nomination by November decision. And our understanding is that as soon as this evening, the president was ready. it.
2: Okay. Uh, what more do we need to know, Poso?
3: So, there have been conversations about 10 months ago, for instance. We know that only the past few months, some 98 MPPFBs came out demanding the head of finance minister Kene time. Today, we put that question to majority leader, or Jim and Sabonisu. What is the caucus going to do about that? And according to the majority leader, the caucus will have to take a decision about it. But he hinted that maybe nothing will come out of that because, in his own way, sometimes you have to let sleeping dogs lie. And so, if you expect them that Kero will be dismissed because the president had promised the MPs that after the IMF deal is secured, he will take some action, then some answers have not, have not been given by the majority in that. There have also been issues around the EEC's proposed CI. If you have put together a CI which makes a Ghana card the sole identity document to register as a voter, the minority have been saying that they cannot allow that to go through. Just around the end of March, they managed to get the consent of their majority colleagues and put together a report recommending to the EC to add more identity documents to it. We've heard from the EC saying that, well, they are independent, but they will not be dictated to by Parliament or any other party. But today, both majority and minority leaders say that, well, true, we cannot dictate to the EC. But if EC brings the EC, the CIA in still the same way, we are going to take some action on it by voting again, for instance. Mm. And then, finally, there have been calls, due to the current economic challenges for Parliament or other state agencies to downsize. Parliament is not doing this. Parliament has now actually split one directory into three. There used to be what is called the Directorate of Public Affairs. It used to be headed by Kate Addo. It has now been divided into three with directors in each particular office, with deputy directors. So there's now... One used to be the Directorate of Public Affairs, it's now Directorate of Broadcasting, Directorate of Public uh, Media Relations, and Directorate of Public Engagement. And we know that the former police spokesperson, DSP, is now the Director of Public Engagement here in Parliament. So, these are some of the concerns and issues that have come up today in Parliament.
2: Great for giving us uh, the latest from the House. Uh, and today, joining us is receiving details of why a Member of Parliament is asking uh, the Supreme Court to revoke the appointment of the newly uh, appointed Member of the Electoral Commission, Dr. Peter Apiahini, a sound dying member, uh, member of Parliament who's uh, also serving on the ticket of the National Democratic Congress, Roxanne Nelson Apiahima. Is uh, asking uh, the former lecturer and accusing him uh, of having some affiliations with the uh, governing party which is the new patriotic party contrary to law uh, and uh, according to Ghana's constitution uh, of course the dictate is that uh, to be a member of uh, uh, the EC you do not have to uh, have any sort of uh, affiliation to any political party openly or identify with a registered political party in Ghana. Uh, Legal Affairs uh, correspondent Joseph Gabli is joining us uh, with more but first though uh, this concern was raised by the MDC a couple of months ago.
4: President Nanda Kufradu swore in the three new commissioners of the Electoral Commission on March 20, 2023. Dr. Peter Piahine's appointment continues to receive strong opposition. The latest is the National Democratic Congress, NDC in the Bono region, where they said at a press conference that Dr. Piahine has been a patron of Tescon at UNE, an IT director. And a communicator for the governing npp in the region and hence cannot be trusted to be an independent-minded person charles akowa is the
5: regional communications officer he's a political activist we've been with him in suyane he has been on radio programs with my reps on radio stations and other places so it will be very difficult for us to accept him as an ec official which he has demonstrated that his bias biased towards the NPP, who has been a patron for more than four years, a communicator with the regional communication team. We have his videos. I don't think any fair-minded person will select such a referee.
4: Mr. Kogwa alleged that Dr. Piahini represented the MPP at the EC in the Bono region during the 2020 elections and they are unable to accept such a person at the EC. He was at
5: the EC 2020 representing the NPP as the IT person. Such a person who has been uh, with my regional secretary, arguing on figures and data. And you go and meet the same person representing the EC as an EC official. Do you think any political party beside the MPP can trust such a person to do the, uh, the writing? It will be very difficult to accept the man. We think even if they allow him to take care of just documentation, we suspect the guy can tamper with a document.
4: The NDC is appealing to the Council of State and other stakeholders to appeal to the President to revoke document. The
5: Regional Communication Office, on behalf of the NDC, will appeal to the Council of State to consider their earlier advice on the appointment of Dr. Peter Apiahine. The Regional Communication Office duly serves notice to the general public of the intention to serve petition and copies of this evidence to the National Peace Council, the Catholic Bishop Conference the council of state the national muslim conference and all the relevant bodies to appeal to the president to immediately revoke the appointment of dr peter piahini in order uh, to have a smooth collaboration with the electoral commission going into the 2024
4: election dr peter piahini currently heads the department of computer science and informatics of the university of energy and natural resources in Sunyai.
2: Precious. Okay, let's bring in uh, our legal affairs uh, correspondent Josefa Kable, who's uh, joining us van Also, uh, joining us uh, in this whole conversation will be a lawyer to help us unpack the uh, legalities and the the challenge ahead for the NDCMP. But uh, Joe, let's start off with the details of why Nelson Daphiama was heading to the Supreme Court over this. What's his grounding, first of all? First,
6: he indicates to the court that he brings this action as citizens of Ghana who is enjoined by Article 2 and 130 of Ghana's constitution, that in the event you believe that something has happened which is inconsistent with the constitution, you bring the matter up to the Supreme Court to ask the Supreme Court to declare it as such. So that is the context in terms of the basis, the legal basis, which approaches the court to the jurisdiction. On that, they make the, some factual basis for this particular narrative. And so they say that yes, he's is an individual who what has been sworn in as a member of the Electoral Commission. It goes on to say that the first defendant, i.e., Dr. Ahene, is a known sympathizer and affiliate of the New Patriotic Party. He has, on various occasions, been heard defending and touting the achievements of the New Patriotic Party on several television and radio stations. It goes on to say that, on one such occasion, committed to being an NPP communicator on the alopat nindir a dress show which is uh, which airs on the nindir fm in sunyani On another, another occasion, occasion he was also heard on batv bragging about this new appointment as the MIT director for the blue region in respect of the 2020 election and so the, 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 the legislator was announced that the TVM report attaches evidence videos recordings and radio recordings, audio recordings of these interviews and Statements that he says just oh, yes. making these comments, them have been put to the court to say that far as they are concerned the Supreme Court should interpret the Constitution and the relevant provisions which they cite here to make the point that he is not qualified to be a member of the Electoral Commission by virtue of the fact that it's an important organ of the state one that supervises election elections requires that the individuals who fill that particular position. Are seen to be persons who can be fair and are not partisan, and that Dr. Piagini is not a fair person, is partisan because of his affiliation with the uh,
2: new In terms of the reliefs being sought, um, what effect will that give, given that the court grants the demands of the MP? The
6: key relief has to do with their, their request for the Supreme Court to revoke the appointment of Dr. Piagini by the President of the Republic of Ghana. As a member of the electoral commission, there are other reliefs the, the action for the action that calls to restrain Dr. Piahine from acting as or holding himself out as a member of the electoral commission pending the determination of the suit. So that is even an interim measure that they are even acting for. They also ask for another of perpetual injunction restraining Dr. Piahine from acting as holding himself out as a member of the electoral commission. There are other declaratory reliefs that they are asking for. For instance, they are saying that. Uh, the court should declare that upon a true and proper interpretation of the letter and spirit of articles 23 of uh, 44 1, 45 46 284 and 296 and these are provisions that deals with uh, the electoral commission those with administrative bodies being required to act fairly and reasonably and the electoral commission as well says that all oh, uh on the basis of an interpretation of these provisions a person is not qualified to be a member of the electoral commission if that person is a non-sympathizer a member or opinion affiliates who identifies the registered political party. Another declaration is that uh, if who is is a non-sympathizer who opinion affiliates, that party will be biased or prejudiced in his constitutional deeds as a member of the electoral commission. So that is by will the declaratory release that we are mm. in the Constitution.
2: Okay, grateful. uh Joseph Acabli, our legal affairs uh, correspondent, give us uh, giving us the latest uh, on this. I want to bring in... If you only have a
0: 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on mm-hmm. top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk Match requires goal for one year from first match,
1: must keep by rate for five years. Match on transfer subject to additional terms and conditions. Robert and Financial LLC member SIPC.
2: Our lead fellow at the Center for Social Justice, lawyer Niamh Adi. Thank you um, for your time here on the poll. So, you've seen the release being sought by this uh, NBCMP, obviously uh, giving further boost uh, in the view of party members uh, the need for President Akufada to revoke the appointment uh, of Dr. Be appear but uh, within the statutes, what's the provision uh, in terms of what the requirement is for an individual who's been appointed uh, to the electoral commission?
7: Okay, good. So, uh, good afternoon. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to contribute. I think that the the intention of Honourable uh, Defamaor is is well grounded in law because uh, who goes to court? Any aggrieved person can go to court, and therefore. If he finds that there are things that are being done which is contrary to things that would ensure the continuous peace of the country, and for that reason he decides to go to court, I think that that is the right and proper place to go. And if you look at the the duties of the uh, Electoral Commissioner, Article 46, the second part of it, and I would like to read for your clarity, says that, Except as provided in this constitution or in any other law not consistent with this constitution in the performance of its functions, the electoral commission shall not be subject to the direction or control of any person or authority. 46, shall not be subject to the control of any person or authority. Here lies a gentleman who is known and the evidence Have been adduced to a particular uh, political party. Therefore, putting this person in the helm of affairs of the Electoral Commission means that he will be subject to the control and authority of the appointing officer. And that is not in doubt, particularly when he is known to be associated with that particular party. I mean, the law is also so clear in, in the common law, in the common reasoning of the law, it talks about what we call reasonability reasonability to say that in appointing somebody there must be reasonableness so where this person is known to have an, to be affiliated to a particular political party, where that party is going into an election reasonability tells us that this person can be tilted okay so, reasonability shows that he shouldn't be the, the right and proper person to occupy a position. Two, we're also talking about foreseeability. In foreseeability, should there be any rancor, should there be any disagreements about the processes of the electoral commission, foreseeability tells us that anybody can unreasonably say that because this commissioner is linked to this political party, he's going to do everything to the other benefit, okay? And then the perception out there is very huge. Why should we do such a thing to ourselves when we know that our democracy is all we have? Well, when uh, we know uh, that we we need to tread this cautiously mm. and to hold our democracy in all states...
2: I, I get your point, but the jury is the, the the out there as to whether or not the new appointee will be Uh, objective in the discharge of his duty, which is sworn to, by the way. Uh, Besides that, there's the question about the law and ultimately where the power will lie. The power of appointment, as we know it, uh, lies squarely within the remits of the president. He does the appointment, and as part of the requirements, I'm not sure there's any legal inhibition um, forcing the hands of the uh, president to appoint someone who is politically um, neutral is there?
7: I mean, you you rightly pointed it. Article uh, 43, Article 43, two says that a member of the commission shall be appointed by the president under Article 70 of this constitution. And when you go to Article 70, it tells you that it does so with the advice or consent of the council of state. Exactly. So yes, the president is the proper and the right person to appoint. But we are saying that when that person who is to be appointed is known to be associated with a particular political party, then there is the issue of reasonability, foreseeability, perception, and then the peace of the country to be maintained. That is why it is it is it 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 at that does not serve the interest of anybody to put that person in that place when it has openly show his. Association or affiliation to a particular political party. Don't forget that you cannot be a referee and a player in your own match. This person has shown he has worked for the party. So there is the perception that he is being placed in that position to further enhance the work that he has done
2: for the party. Even before Right, Even before the outcome I mean, you know, of, of the this ruling issues of perception Right even before I, I get that point clearly, but, but even before the Supreme Court makes a determination on, on this case, what, what's your expectation from the appointee himself? Dr. Peter Piahini has not broken a silence on these matters, uh, a lot of people waiting on him. You feel he should speak or no, he's so I
7: mean, the beneficiary of it I mean he's a beneficiary of it, and if you look at it as for the position that he's going to occupy ranking to the position of the appeals court judge, that really tells you that, I mean, you say, oh, I've thought for my party, it's reward time, why should I shy away from the reward that is coming to me? So I would not expect him to say no. And, I mean, he, he has not proven to hold that high moral standard that we've known of very few people around the world to say that I see a conflict of interest and that before this becomes a national issue, let me vulnerably resign. I mean, I don't see that. Mm. I don't see that. So, right. he being quiet, you can interpret it directly, and truthfully has been happy with what he's been awarded to, because this is not coming out of a vacuum. He probably would have discussed it. You He would have been told. He probably may have lobbied for it. Who knows? But, I don't expect him to say no. There must be a very high moral standard. Great. Which the appointing officer should do. Or better still, the council of a state that advises the president in appoint should be able to advise him that, look, for the peace of our country, for the reasonability, the foreseeability, and then the perceptive reasons, let's put him aside. There are mm. many other Ghanaians who are well qualified, independent in mind, have not shown any palace to occupy that position.
2: Okay. We need to go. We'll wait to see what the courts will say about this. Niyamah, the lead fellow at the Center for Social Justice. It's exactly three weeks uh, to the Asin North by-election, and the battle line has been drawn as the New Patriotic Party and the National Democratic Congress lays their boots for a showdown. Today, delegates of the New Patriotic Party are deciding which candidate is best fit to lead the party. Frederick Armouache and Charles Opoku are the contenders. Uh, we'll take you to the constituency shortly for some updates, but first, uh, let's uh, zoom into why the Asin North uh, is of interest, the governing New Patriotic Party and the biggest opposition political party. So three um, individuals uh, to just take a look at right now within the Asin uh, enclave. First of all, you have James Zatchikwason, uh, who uh, polled one of the uh, highest uh, in terms of ranking uh, votes within the uh, central regional constituency of Asin North. Then uh, you have, uh, of course, Kennedy, Japan uh, coming through Uh, with uh, some 57.3%. He's actually leading uh, in that Asin enclave. Uh, You have John Intimifojo, who's also on the side, uh, coming through and controlling one part of the area uh, with uh, some uh, 39.3% in the last election. So uh, that's how crucial all of the matters are uh, for the candidates working within the Asin area and demonstrating how uh, swing the region uh, or area is you see uh, the charts indicating uh, that conti- uh, continually uh, the candidates that represent the New Patriotic Party have uh, their form of endorsement declining by the years, shooting up first of all for Kennedy japan in the year 20 uh, that uh, 2000, and uh, continually we see a decline. Although he's been winning that election uh, as the years go by, um, to uh, where we are now, which was the last election in uh, 2020 uh, amongst one of the uh, drops his witness but same can be said for uh, the likes of uh, the previous candidates who did that on the ticket of the uh, NDC uh, up to 2012 where he shot up and then we have James Jachikwasing taking it back uh, after a decline in 2016 but James Jachikwasing uh, raising the bar high there. But for the presidential and parliamentary trends, you can see clearly uh, that for the uh, parliamentary in uh, votes and percentages, uh, clearly at the point of 2020, uh, the parliamentary votes were much more higher than uh, the presidential slots. We went to the new patriotic party's candidate, now our president, Akufo. As opposed to uh, the NDC sweeping that seat with some percent So that's the indication uh, you can see clearly in terms of the dy- dynamics uh, governing what's happening within the area. We can now go live to the Asin North area. My colleague Richard Kojunyako is uh, our man on the ground. So, uh, Richard, what's, what's the latest and what can you report? Well, so, uh,
8: Blessed. The primaries has ended. Um, the MPP2 uh, aspirant um, came up for this contest. We have uh, Charles Opoku and then Freeman Che. So at the close of polls, uh, Charles Opoku pulled 397 votes. 397 votes as against uh, Freeman who pulled... 157, 157, and there are static scenes over here. Um, As soon as the election ended and the declaration was done, uh, the national figures, the national offices led by the General Secretary of the party, the national organizer. They took uh, the victor, that is Charles Sopoku, the one who won the primary. They took him on a jolly ride through the town of Asen al Remember, Asen al is one of the towns in the Asan North constituency. Now, two of them, that's to for this election, they all come from Asin Brioku incidentally, is where uh, Mr. James Jaachukwaisen came from. Now, the argument has been that uh, George Jaachukwaisen uh, came from Brioku and that is why he won the 2020 election. And so, today, they that two of the people that are also coming from the same town, and that is the biggest uh, town in the Asun uh, North constituency but the MPP makes the point that it was because of some internal wranglings, that is why Mr. George Kwe took advantage of that and then won, but now they have resolved all internal issues coupled with the numerous projects that they have done in the constituency. As we speak, you can see the road that has been asphalted is a 32-kilometer road and it spans the Asun Central that is Kennedy, Japan's constituency Constituency, right through to the Ascend North constituency and to uh, KT Amon's constituency. And there are numerous projects that are being undertaken as we speak. There are earth-moving equipment that are currently in the constituency. They are trying to finish up. Uh, various drainage systems are being constructed. Uh, there are some um, uh, caterpillars, bulldozers that are currently uh, on site. Some of the residents allude to the fact that, well, they need development, but the, the spirit of events are currently uh, to uh, the energy in the in, in, in the construction has come at a very quick pace even though they need them, but they feel that uh, some of these things are being done for the elections but the MPP says that no uh, the people need the development and so once the development has started even though they may have stalled at a certain point uh, they will continue with that project and they are stopping at nothing and the campaign towards the by-election begins from now so currently they have left ascend a comfort day and they are going to the town where Charles Opoku comes from and they are beginning the campaign right away. Blessed.
2: Okay, uh, how about leading figures within the New Patriotic Party who were present there? Uh, what sense do you get from them as to the readiness of the party uh, and, of course, sweeping that seat from the National Democratic Congress?
8: Well, so they have been responding to issues that have been raised by the NDC that their candidates does not qualify. They raised issue that a candidate did not even have a vote, but they said that, well, it is because the NDC NDC fears uh, the candidate they are bringing, that is Charles Sopoku. That is why they are raising all manner of issues But per the Constitution. Charles Opoku qualified by all stretch uh, of the law. And so they do not understand why they are doing that. In terms of vote buying, um, the national organizer also replied that while they have begun all these projects. Uh, they began the project even before the 2020 elections. The, the project may have started at a point, but they are back in the constituency. Uh,
1: They are doing
8: what they can to complete that project. In fact, they indicate that the projects that are in this very constituency, there are over 100. And the president will be in town before the by-election to come and commission uh, one of the projects. That is a 32-kilometer road stretch between Asin Fosu and the Asin Prasu enclave. And so they say that everything has been resolved. They have resolved all their internal mechanisms, all the internal wranglings that made them lose the 2020 elections. And so they are going to wage an effective campaign and win the by-election.
2: Okay, you've been interacting with uh, some of the party uh, members. So what what have they been telling you?
8: Well, so uh, they are very very happy. They are ecstatic. Uh, the are they joy knows no bounds. They feel that. This is someone who comes from within them, has stayed with them, uh, owns an NGO, and the NGO has been going about some
9: development, has
8: given them some development in the country. Let me speak with this one. Hello, good afternoon.
9: Good afternoon. Why are you excited? Why are you here? Uh, because of uh, a by election, yeah, about a bus and i sign off. We are a police station chairman, and the union by a abano sia ya twaba na wie anim a wo ba lesin mu ayedine beba se ne be ya ye ba no enu ntina me wa sia oh so far so far aye eh endura eh ene in fact city di afawi na esu ni adwuma pa pa
8: but um am on for call say mpuntunwuma e kwaso niya because of by election in tne kwaso then now ka
9: oh so, fa- so 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 omo um, kan esa dia ana eru babia eh usuma mpuntunwuma no fine un um, baba ye bi de na emumu no so bi ntadze say e bia eni manimu ye baba ye mpuntunwuma no no we on chim kaka che say ataus eh bbc ofia si ana se bia we engagement ana se ye bi Yes if he a person a bi ya and I who be bombing with if you na ye baby engagement to man I say ye bay you be a tress be biasy into mobile. And you see sissifi Nase a bassier de If you say no ya dear ana say hard and and
8: no, dear, no, 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 project no, 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 no,
9: no, 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 Oh no, 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 so no, 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 so what
8: this man essentially uh, is saying is that, well, when you even have a funeral, engagement, uh, a wedding ceremony, I mean, some preparation has to go on. Same with the by-election. So once there is an event that is coming, uh, they need to increase the pace of development. So if it were to be wedding or something, they would uh, paint the building, they would do other things. So he does not see that it is a move that is intended to buy their vote or sway them to vote for the MPP can be. thank you
10: very much uh what's your name uh my name is isaac
8: so um why are you here were oh, you a
10: delegate yes please
8: okay. who did you vote for
10: uh oh, for that, no, one. that no, oh, but
8: we are we are done with the election did you vote for charles
10: yeah why did you vote for charles oh i love him uh, and uh, he has put some things in measure uh, that you want to help in people you know, and that's why i love him uh, it's
8: been said that Charles comes from this country, he's done a lot. What are some of the things that Charles has done oh, that will make you
10: vote for him? Oh, a lot, a lot. Uh, a lot, a lot. Uh, I a lot like
8: I, I want you to name just two of them.
10: Oh, well, uh, almost a year ago, I think he selected some people and he, he have been helping them to get their handwork so that they can also cater for themselves. Uh, so, a lot, a lot. Uh, he's trying his possible best to help us in people. Yeah. Are, you, are you personally, are you happy that a project will
8: begin and then they stop for about two, three, four years and then because there is a by-election they quickly come and then they start asfarting the road, constructing the drainage and all of that. Personally, take yourself not as a party person.
10: All right. Uh, I think the government have uh, already put these things into measures and uh, not really not because of the by-election. Uh, I think the project is uh, under contract, so they have been doing their job already. Uh, yeah. but, but but
8: there are indications in the constituency that uh, right after the 2020 elections, the, the contractors left sites. But now they are come, they, they have come to sites and they, they are using day and night to undertake these activities. Are you not sure that it is because of party politicking and all of
10: that? Oh. Or they mean business or they mean work for you? Oh, Charles, uh, I think uh, the plan to do it, and very unfortunate it came across to this election, so we will take it like that. What do you do? What job do you do? Uh, I'm a painter.
8: You're a painter, yes. and you're satisfied with everything that is going on, and you feel oh, that Charles Poku or Poku should uh, be the MP for this
10: area? Yes, please. Yeah. All right.
8: Thank you. So he says he is a painter and um he's been working in this constituency and he doesn't feel that it is a measure intended to buy the votes uh,
11: their votes. Hello,
8: everyone. I'm yefemi mafia. denti delegate for. party
11: The party Oh, I never hear Mammy here, I free education, mama, I
8: Okay.
11: Because one
8: the oh, we'll be be... I. a constituency are going to help usして what we do with Ping teenage you find yourself from the Pto Rechts family? How do we to the
11: Pto muitoGG in you my not say so I
8: no, a person no, no, you
11: know no, 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 my ya no, no, no,
8: no, 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 no,
11: no, 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 no,
8: okay thank you so I was asking her um, what um, why he she even came here and he said that this is his party uh, her party and she will vote for the party any day she's an MPP sympathizer the party has not really done anything for her specifically but uh, her brother has enjoyed a free SHS and in terms of development they need development and that is why the the various constructions are currently ongoing Okay, so let's speak with this final person. Alex. Uh, and then, you see going in. You have your constituency You my Oh, you because
12: it means that all the all imputwa ya venni kan kwa yepeminya sebeka na gwa
8: gachikwesia <laughs> yeah, because
12: so uh, ya dia me uh, dogwesi nu me, me support uh, be, eh, no because na fa Se ne ne ka ayi kwamno e canada ni wa ni amiti na sa na because semi power e wa di baye nka sa ohani na no sabrika asem na fuka yakuye ni cause e kwofaso di baye no na te Eba saba nti wanka sautwe aban bae denpa no waya ma wanka sa ah jina so
8: ade ato abana ma aban
12: mama me de mama me me ma me free ss amansi anu obi anaduma sene fata dia work workin so wo, wo, eba, non, shu, eba. Ay, asu, no no so ba anya nkasa so nti MPP pp de waya abaya oba yosi na besa well, so um, what this man is also
8: saying is that well, the MPP hasn't really done anything for him, but for the fact that two of his siblings have benefited from the free senior high school and the numerous projects that are also being uh, done in the constituency that is the basis for him to vote for Charles Opoku, and by extension the MPP. Let me also remind you that the MPP now has a parliamentary candidate elect. Uh, Mr. Charles Opoku pulled 397 votes as against uh, Freeman who pulled 136 Charles Poku 397 as against 136 by Freeman. Currently, as we speak, the party big wakes all the supporters they've marched to the big town of Asenbrioku where there is going to be a mammoth rally to announce officially to the people of Asenbrioku that they have indeed gotten a candidate and a candidate in the person of Charles Opoku. And so, tonight, the party indicates that the actual campaign, the effective campaign that they say they are going to is starting Tonight, and they are not going to leave any stone unturned until this seat is won by the new patriotic party.
2: Uh, my colleague Richard Kojinia Kojoni is uh, there from the SN North constituency. We'll keep our eyes on that. This is your election headquarters. Uh, we also focus on the NDC uh, because it has indicated that its candidate for the elections will be James Jachi Kwesen in spite of uh, his challenges. Before we get to the side of the National Democratic Congress, uh, let's bring in the uh, communications director for the New Patriotic Party, uh, Richard Akinyem, joining us via Zoom. Thank you, sir, for your time. So, uh, quite a smooth process, no major uh, challenges. But will this inure to your uh, ultimate electoral victory, in your view?
13: Please, uh, I think your line was a bit faint. Uh, I, was just that, I was
2: just pointing out there that just as we've uh, heard from uh, our reporter there, uh, my colleague Richard Kujunyaku, indicating to us that Charles Sopoku is now uh, the parliamentary uh, aspirant or candidate-elect for the New Patriotic I'm Party there. within the Asin North uh, area. No major hitches for today. I'm just wondering if that's a good omen for uh, your political party with a belief that you will win... Uh, they are seen north seat eventually.
13: Absolutely. Thank you very kindly. I, I think that um, the, the outcome of the, uh, the elections today um, is a sign of good things to come. Uh, we've always indicated, uh, following from the success in Kumau, uh, to repeat the same thing there. Our party people deserves a very good commendation uh, for the way they conducted themselves from start till finish. I want to also take the occasion to commend the general secretary, the national chairman of our party, uh, for supervising a process such as this. So I think that, uh, like you asked, is is evidence of good things to come, and I think that on account of that, this um, um, 27th election uh, will be uh, a victory for the New Patriotic Party. Uh,
2: the decision by the NDC to retain the uh, embattled candidate, um, the, the belief is that he may be winning some sympathy votes based on some of the challenges he's uh, faced over the period. Uh, you don't feel that will play against you as a political party?
13: Uh, not at all, not at all. You know, uh, the uh, former, well I said, uh, Mr., Mr. James Quaysing is an innocent party in this matter. Um, the NBC would like us to believe otherwise, but he Knew full well that uh, he was not in a position to contest when he filed in 2020 to become the parliamentary candidate for the constituency on the NDC's ticket. Uh, He knew he didn't have to do that. He knew he had to have the certificate in hand. So he's not an innocent party. You only uh, qualify for anybody's sympathy if you're innocent, but he's not innocent. And so on the basis of that, he, he deserves no sympathy vote, and I don't think he's going to get any what i seen of needs now is one who is honest, one who will be focused on the job for mm-hmm. them, uh, for the period that his, uh, his basic presentation has cost the people. Because, you know, much of uh, advocacy work requires some legwork. Government will distribute and have this uh, development go everywhere proportionally. But then if you have an effective MP, he adds to what comes to you. And that's what Asimov has been missing for the better part of this uh, second term of the president. And now we have uh, the the opportunity to elect an MPP MP, one who can walk on day one to parliament and be able to begin to establish contact with all the ministries, agencies and departments to say that we are running a bit behind. Asimov needs to accelerate our development. And he, as an MPP, uh, uh, MP, will be able to push the right knobs and have development go to the people of Asinov uh, in a the manner they deserve.
2: Uh, and, Richard, the conversation about overnight projects, allegations that it a uh, signal of vote buying, similar to what the NDC claimed when you're running the Kumaul by election. You're not perturbed as a political party?
13: No. no President, I would suggest to you that ignore the NDC. They don't have any real conversation to be had in Asinov. And you know that they started this conversation about, all oh, his vote is not in the constituency. And they knew very well that has nothing to do with anything because uh, their own candidate in the, uh, the Kuba'u election, our candidate in the Kuba'u election had their votes outside the constituency. And that didn't create any problem.
0: The NDC... Tax Day is coming. Oh, no.
13: They have nothing propositionally to give to the people, and all they want to do is waste and means create doubt and create conflict uh, situations to be able to benefit out of that. We are clear in our minds. Our focus is that how do we get development to every part of this country? The MPs play a critical role, and now we've succeeded in putting um, a parliamentary candidate out there to be marketed what we are going to do effective today is to try and rally the constituency to buy into the vision of the government to say that we want development to come everywhere. We want every MP to engage to ensure that what their people deserve, they get. And so uh, Charles Oku, uh, who is now the parliamentary okay. candidate, will believe will win the seat. And if he does, he will then contribute to ensuring that the, a lot of the people of us in north are hands. And I think that on the 27th, uh, the Democratic Party will win. The NDC will come with all sorts of schemes, but that's not where we are We are focused. Those schemes, the days for those are past. Now everybody is focused. People want advancement for their communities. They want development. i tell you this. Uh, I think on, uh, was it, uh, two days ago, there was, uh, I heard about some young uh, people, concerned young people from Asimov who may give a press conference to talk about how is it that they are terrified about the prospect of uh, Mr. Quayson running because of the, prop, uh, the real risk of him probably ending up uh, in jail for, for the uh, criminal liability uh, that uh, case that is hanging around his neck? So we are looking at a choice between stability and instability, a choice between certainty and uncertainty. With the MP proposing stability, with uh, now Chasukoku going forward to, to accelerate development for the people. And the NDC are bringing in a candidate who offers nothing but uncertainty and instability for the people of Asinov. And we think that Asinov deserves better. They must get a candidate who is at work, who is not embattled with legal cases, and who does
2: not face a prospect of uh, being jailed because of his perjury. Well, uh, the people who matter, uh, the electorates, constituents will be deciding your fate as a political party. Uh, but your counterpart, Sami Jenfee, has been in a war pants with the Electoral Commission, uh, even over the nomination process. The document talks about the, I mean, people, sets of people nominating the candidates being sane as the candidates who comes from the same constituency. At, at least that's the interpretation from the uh, side right. of the opposition political party. You, you've been watching this whole conversation surrounding the nomination process itself and what the dictates of the Electoral Commission is suggesting. Um, you, you feel that the EC should explain its side better?
13: No, no, no. I mean, so is not being serious. The whole NBC enterprise in our send is not being serious. I just told you earlier that they are set up to create distractions. They are set up to just muddy the water. They are not there to campaign honestly to do anything.
2: Yeah, he's, he's provided yeah. is grounding for that. And you've read There's no grounds well. for it. Yeah,
7: but you've, you've, read, uh, you've, read, it.
2: A, you've read what's on the nomination let's form, as is pointed out. Yes.
13: Yeah. It. I don't have to read the form.
2: Right. Okay? I don't have to read the form. You should ask
13: something if he knows that their parliamentary candidate, the one they fielded, with an equal chance of winning the 23rd May election, where his vote is when he contested. Did he know about this when they fielded that guy? When they fielded him to contest, did he know that the guy didn't have his vote in there? Yeah, yeah, but if it tells but me that's,
2: that's the work of the Electoral Commission, isn't it? Uh, to check and to be sure that what you're stating on paper oh, reflects the, the reality. I that what, vetting, what vetting guy? Sorry?
13: Uh,
2: I'm, I'm saying, saying that, yes, I'm just saying that's the work of the Electoral Commission. They don't say, but no, but he, a, but he
13: is not. The question. Right? He's now raising the question and, and his party has submitted an individual whose vote is not in the constituency. So what anything he's raising now, they have, they have been, they've been in violation of it if that is the case he's want, he wants to make. So that just tells you that they're being hypocritical. They're not being serious. And when I say they're not being serious, I'm not saying that in a bad sense. I'm just saying that they're joking with the whole serious matter that exists. Right? There are so enough conversations I told you without any shred of that. The MDC doesn't have a message to go to town with. Because if you're a political party, you cannot vet your candidate such that an individual who is in clear breach of the Constitution, you pass that individual to go contest, and now the the issue is hanging around your neck, right? And so the least you can do is to eat humble pie. You don't come around trying to throw doubts in the air about anybody. When your own candidate, everything they were saying about their candidate was before Chasopoku, and who said that is a problem. The constitution is supreme. And I tell you, look, if the constitution gives EC power in Article 55, having given them that power in 45 to supervise Article 45 to supervise uh, public elections, and they are actualizing that in fifty-one by making constitutional rules to govern elections, the rules that I, uh, the Electoral Commission make cannot supersede. The, the, the law that gave it power to make those rules. So if somebody is a lawyer, and I know he knows these things, right? He knows, but they're just trying to create petty doubt and, and make it appear as if something is amiss. Nothing is amiss. The EC has power to make rules to govern the elections. The EC rules cannot supersede the constitution. It's a basic fundamental rule of law that the constitution is supreme any other law in conflict with it would not stand. So the constitution would stand. So all that argument was about nothing. And really, for the NDC, to throw doubt because they don't have anything to say. We are okay. going to engage them in our sin, just like we did in Kumawu. Our proposition is to canvass people. We are not going there for any mess. We are going to canvass people to vote at because we believe development has happened, and I seen deserves development. And some to experts and political
2: and some experts and political watchers, they're taking on the uh, even the electoral commission itself for laying or sowing the seed um, for discord and tension in, in, in the kind of response that we've seen uh, from an independent elections management party, uh, accusing the. Um, National Democratic Congress or lacking evidence in the 2020 presidential petition case. This this is a separate contest. Why should the EC uh, stop more tensions by, by referring to what happened in the past, uh, particularly in a different set of elections?
13: Well, I, I, you may have to talk to the EC about that, but if, if this uh, happening now is anything to go by, you can conclude that the NDC is up to no good. And if anybody talks to them in those terms, it is as a result of their conduct. But what I were inviting them to do in Asinnov is that, look, I have a belief that it's a 50-50 situation. But right now, I am scared to the marrow that in the unlikely event, NDC wins that seat. They're not going to do anything for the people. And, but I, I've been there. I've been to Asinnov. Okay. And you, you want to tell me, you see, that deserves representation. You know, let me just tell you one thing. The NBC is in town canvassing that, oh, Sal needs representation, Sal needs representation. They are here in Asimov trying to risk the representation of the people with an individual who has a real prospect, okay? He has a date with the law, and that date could end him back and possibly in jail. And they are risking that on the people possibly setting up another date for a by election if the if the law comes down to it. I'm not trying to prejudice the yeah, agency, that, that should be good that news. That should be good news you parties, as NPV, isn't it. Why would a political party subject a people to that kind of risk? I,
2: I'm why saying and I'm saying Richard and I'm that saying, that, saying that that should be the headache of the N D C and perhaps good news for you if, if it happens well, But unfortunately I'm a Ghanaian.
13: Unfortunately, it's not a thing of NDC and MPP. It's about the development of the people. We need to make responsible decisions. The NDC must take calculated risks. This risk they are taking is uncalculated. It's exceedingly irresponsible. And they needed to have ring themselves in and move away from that. Because why? You are telling the people that we brought this person and he was in breach of the law, but he's the only one in the NDC? Is that really what they are telling us? And I'm telling you that election, it, it can be up, it can be down. So in the event, the un- very unlikely outcome happens, and then this uh, gentleman had to go t- uh, to jail, what happens? Is that a financial loss or so that we have to go back to another uh, by election? So that's why... For us, it's our concern to answer your question as a new Patriotic party. We are giving it everything to ensure the NDC will not win that seat. On the 27th of uh, June, we are going to leave no stone unturned and ensure mm. that on the day the NDP wins. That is good
2: for us in North and that is good for Ghana. Okay, grateful. Thank you for spending some time with us. Richard I'm the Director of Communications for uh, the New Patriotic Party, World well, Youth Group, uh, Youth Bridge Foundation, uh, says there's a real risk of uh, scores of young persons being uh, disenfranchised if the Electoral Commission does not reopen the register for young persons who have now attained 18 to obtain uh, voters' register before the by-election. Uh, let's bring in the program's officer for the foundation, Najwa uh, Ahim Kwan, who's uh, joining us uh, via Zoom. Thank you. Um, We know that clearly looking at the timelines and the days uh, leading to the elections, it's simply uh, next to impossible to run a limited registration exercise, you agree? Uh, And kindly unmute for me as you make the point.
14: Thank you very much for having me here. We at the Foundation don't think it's a limited time for the Electoral Commission to register the few youth in Ascend North who have ten, eighteen 18 years. They can do this within four to five days. Hence, it's possible for them to do the registration for the people in Ascend North to also exercise their franchise.
2: You are aware uh, that, for instance, the New Patriotic Party is just getting their candidate. The NDC also uh, doing the same and having James in back uh, just uh, barely 20 days to the main elections. A number of processes and events leading to that big exercise. I mean, what would the country lose, and by extension, the people of ASEAN North, if these young voices are given the opportunity in the next round of elections?
14: If the youth are not given the opportunity now, it means we are setting the precedent where youth can be set aside and decision-making can go on here lies the case It is their right, according to Article 42 of their constitution, that they have to exercise their vote once they turn 18 years. So they are just upholding their right. If we can nullify a candidacy, then we have to also uphold the law. So if we are going to do that, Then we are setting a precedent where, in the years to come, people who turn 18 after an election, voters registered in that, can let go of it, and then you don't have to register them. But we need to uphold the law at every point in time. If the cause for postponing the election, we need to do it and then make sure that the right things are
2: done. And legal opinions uh, divided on this. Uh, the fact that the uh, CI governing this uh, election may, may not be as recent as what's going on in the floor where we'll have the opportunity to have continuous registration uh, going forward. So if we're using the previous um, regime or um, framework that the Electoral Commission is working with, it might be a challenge legally to have all these people registered before the election?
14: So since 2012, we've argued for a continuous voters registration, where once you turn 18, you can just walk into the district office like you do for National Health Insurance, where there's a continuous registration. If the government is going to do this, then we didn't get to the point where people turn 18 years and they still don't have their card. So there's a way of telling the Electoral Commission to go back to the stance of, making voters' registration a continuous process where the youth can walk into the district office when they turn 18 to get a valid voters' ID card and can engage in any by-election or any national election that comes up. So it's, it's, not that it's, pos- it's not possible. It's possible for them to do it if they are willing to do this.
2: Uh, failure to see the Electoral Commission organizing a limited registration. What, what will happen um, from the perspective of your foundation? Are you so, seeking to go to court? So for
14: the constitution, mm-hmm. there are some constitutional rights that needs to be approved, and there are powers attaining to that. So, if the Electoral Commission does not do the job, then we'll proceed with every constitutional right and power available to us to make sure that the youth of our not are also heard. And this by the, election. What, What's
2: the what's immediate on the list? What's your priority?
14: To get the Electoral Commission to register the youth yes, before the by-election. Yes, and what's the, the next
2: legal option for you, as you're pointing out? You're going to call the it. next legal option.
14: So, as the Constitution mandates, when there's a breach according to the exercise of discretionary powers in Article 296, there are some steps that can be taken, which we are willing to go by, as stated in Article 296 of our 99
2: Yes, yeah, so which of them are you opting for, my question then?
14: If we have to go to court, we will go.
2: Okay, grateful. And i um, they're joining us uh, from the Youth Breach Foundation. You're watching The polls. We'll be back.
15: ok accounts. You will enjoy free life insurance. Free debit card, save while you spend, and an amazing chance to...
0: If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves
1: risk. 3% match. Requires goal for one year. From first match, must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfer subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinet Financial LLC, member SIPC.
3: Your salary, a and even more consolation rewards in the Echo Bank Double Salary Promo Reloaded. We Echo
16: Guy, this Echo Bank Salary Account sounds interesting. What do you think?
8: but maybe next time, Charlie. You know what? I had to go shy my right? hey. shoe.
12: Yo, Miss F, I to go check my baby. Like he drove out,
17: we going up, never go down, no. and we stay fly
8: man.
15: Open an Echobank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits. You also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the Echo Bank Double Salary Promo Reloaded from now till July 31st. Terms and conditions oh apply. Boy, and enjoy, and life regardless. This is under the supervision of the National Lottery Authority under the Greatest Lottery Platform. The Palafrican Bank.
16: Smile, hm?
15: Look lively, okay? Smile, smile.
18: Is the money too small?
15: A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion.
11: Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go.
15: Mwah. Can you bring down their smiles more? <laughs> Gastron, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NSMS Limited. This assessment has been written approved by the FDA. The atmosphere is charged for rivalry and fun. fun, fun yes, fun, fun, it's a 12th edition of the Hit Fan M- retro dressy powered by Beth. 365. That's 365. Three, Can Man City win the first ever champion League trophy, or will Inter Milan grab their fourth title? Easter Citizens versus the Nerazzurri. Wear your favorite club jersey and join us at the Aviation Social Center Saturday, 10th of June for the hit FM. rep your jersey. Powered by Bet365. 10 a.m. till you drop. There will be lots of fun, excitement, entertainment, and amazing prizes to be won. Activities include a jammer wash and field contest, sports quiz. Other side soccer and many more. You don't wanna miss this entertainment and fan pack day as we climax and watch the finale of the UEFA Champions League in grand style on a giant screen. Follow us on our social media platforms with the hashtag hit 23 The hit of Your repurdress is powered by Bet365, supported by Joy Sports and Joy Prime, and sponsored by Shell Talks Los Angeles. Think Natural, Think Shell Talks, Leopard Bomb, Fast Action, Pain Balm, NASCO, Bring Home Happiness, Heineken, Share the Passion. Jama Soap, your partner for clean clothes. National Petroleum Authority. Access Bank, more than banking. Day by day, man from Dream Cosmetics. Dream it, live it. Das World International Services, beyond expectations. Aquadot Natural Mineral Water. Wuppen Noom Anubio. Citizen Sport Mall Franco Trading Enterprise. Phone Papa Papi. Fear. DSTV, feel every moment. Go TV, love it. It's a <laughs> hit <laughs> of them, <laughs> wrap <with> your jersey. <laughs>
12: jersey, jersey. <laughs> <laughs> i the
19: Welcome
2: back. Over 300,000 children in the northern region uh, lack some school uh, furniture. That's the latest that we're discovering in our new episode of uh, Ghana School of Shame. And this has been supplied by the Ghana Education Service. And due to lack of furniture, uh, of course, we know that uh, school children are having a tough time in parts of the northern region in uh, the very final of our Season 2 of uh, the series on Ghana Schools of Shame. Jojo Covenant now reports. <laughs>
20: A Christian heritage school in the Tatali district of the northern region has inadequate furniture, so the children sit on stones and blocks to study. Some of the children simply lie down if they start to feel uncomfortable. They become playful, dirty, and sometimes occasionally nod off on the bare floor. Research from the Ghana Education Service in the northern region shows only 33.6% of children at the kindergarten level have school furniture. The data also shows that 56% of primary school children do not have furniture. It is almost the norm to be without school furniture.
16: For kindergarten enrollment
5: currently stands at 881.
13: And of that number, we have 52,643 and that represented 3.6 percent. So, in total, about 104,238 children are currently either fetching with somebody
20: or sitting on the ground. The total furniture deficit in the northern region alone stands at 321,116. Olivia Chemame is in her early teens. She is unwilling to sit on the bare floor at this point in her adolescence. She wants the government to stock her school with enough
14: furniture. After sitting on
17: stone and blocks for long hours, you start to develop sores on your buttocks because the surface is quite rough. You feel very uncomfortable and unable to pay attention and learn. We park about three to four blocks before we sit. If you get up abruptly, the blocks may fall on your toes and you would even get hit. We are pleading with government to come to our aid. It is unfair when we sit for the same national exams and we're expected to perform like schools in Tamale and Accra.
14: Some parents can afford to take
20: their children to private schools while we remain here in ill-resourced schools. Lack of school furniture is just one of the many challenges in her school. Studies are conducted under simple sheds which are thatched roofed without walls. Teachers say the children are subjected to the whims of the weather.
19: Then during Hamattan time, you'll be there then the wind will blow dust onto ourselves. The whole class will now be very, very dusty. Children and then the teachers, they will all be struggling with their eyes. So writing or looking on the board becomes a challenge. And during rainy season too, it becomes very, very worse. Anytime it rains in the morning, I mean, teaching and learning cannot take place. It rained
20: the day after Joannes finished filming and departed Tatali. The personnel there filmed and sent videos to show what they had been complaining about. But that is not all. Sometimes reptiles invade classrooms, disrupting class sessions.
2: And our inconsistent implementation of the school feeding program coupled with delays or non-payment of school feeding caterers are contributing to a sharp decline in enrolments at the basic level of education across the country. Enrollment at the primary level declined from an average of 91% in 2016 to 80% in 2020, while the junior high school enrollment also fell uh, from 50% to 45 within the same period. These were contained in a 2022 Ghana Social Development Outlook report launched at the University of Ghana. Carlos Kaloni of Joy News has more.
21: The Ghana Social Development Outlook Report is a biannual research findings published by the Institute of Statistical, Social and Economic Research. The launch of the sixth edition of the report highlighted 10 thematic social sectors, including education and population, with mixed findings and recommendations. On education, the report identified a decline in enrollment at the basic level from 91% in 2016 to 80% in 2020 at the primary level. While the junior high schools recorded a 5% decline from 50% to 45%, the report attributed these declines to a number of factors, including delays in payments of school feeding caterers. Professor Peter Corte is the director of the Institute of Statistical, Social and Economic Research. In terms of education, we saw that net
13: enrollment, although picked up, started declining in some areas, um, particularly because for some particular area, it is the school feeding, capitation grant and some of the support that comes from government that enhances the net enrollment and therefore where there are challenges the numbers will go
21: down. Even though the country's annual population growth per the report stays at 2.1 percent, reaching 61.6 million by 2051, the total fertility rate of the country declined from 6.4 in 1988 to estimated 3.7 per woman in 2021 explaining the causes of this trend and its long-term impact on the country's workforce to join News, a research fellow at ESA, Dr. Michael Kudum, called for improved economic conditions. If we, we should experience sustained decline in total
8: fertility
13: rates, then we should expect labor force, the size of our labor force to be reducing. Currently, the size of the, the youthful population is high, so it may not pose as a problem. But into the 10 years, 20 years from now, if it seems sustained as this so what will happen to our labor force is that we will, our labor the size of our labor force will reduce and then the quality of our labor force will reduce the strength in terms of productivity per labor force will reduce and that will affect the general economy as well we need to tackle it from the root cause which is our the economy wide factors to
21: reap the full benefit of the report ahead of social development outlook 2022 dr Martha Awo, however called for more collaboration between policymakers and academia
17: i think if if we are able to collaborate with one another if you are able to work in hand-in-hand, which is supposed to be the case anyway, because our findings are to government. Like most of our references were made to the Sustainable Development Goals, and it is all part of government's agenda. So we hope that government will take it over. But then, um, it's, 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 it just boils down on strengthening that collaboration between academia and government.
21: In a speech read for her by Professor Daniel Fremponfori, the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Ghana, Professor Nana Abba Apiamfo, described the launch of the 2022 ISA report as timely.
20: At the time of heightened global socioeconomic challenges, research-led decision-making, and policy making offers one of the surest lifelines to achieving sustainable development that can have a meaningful and lasting impact on people. Therefore, the launch of the 2022 Ghana Social Development Outlook, GDSO
21: today, couldn't have come at a better time. From the University of Ghana, my name is Carlos Kaloni for JOY News. And as
2: we mark the World Food Safety Day today, today a senior uh, nutrition officer at the Te Holy Family Hospital, Senor Emmanuel, is urging consumers to be wary of uh, reading labels on processed foods to ensure that they stay away from the intake of expired food products. The nutritionist who has been speaking with my colleague, Anna Savit, says the public must be mindful of uh, what they consume as this could lead to fatal health issues like food poisoning, in the worst case scenario, and we could also be experiencing some issues of death. There's more in this report.
18: On average, over 1.6 million people get sick due to unsafe food every day, and more than 340 children under the age of 5 die due to preventable foodborne diseases every day, according to statistics available to the World Health Organization. Locally, Ghana has suffered from widespread and serious repercussions of improper food practices with the country recording an estimated 420,000 cases of foodborne diseases each year. These ailments have the potential to cause fatal health issues like starvation, dehydration and even death. But how concerned are the people on the streets when it comes to food safety? And what are some of the factors they consider before buying food from vendors on the streets?
22: Mm. Going out to buy food, I used to check a lot of things. First place is the environment where the person is selling the food. And uh, secondly, I look at the person who is selling the food, the appearance, how she has been dressed, and so on. And then I used to look at what the person is using to uh, take the food into the bulletin or into the bowl that I'm going to eat from. So these are some of the things I used to check. But the environment is very much important for me um, whenever I'm going to buy food.
23: Most of times we check. First I found my favorite food. Check the environment. Check the environment when it's clean. But the problem is maybe the place where they cook the food is not the place where they they sell the food so
1: Robinet Financial LLC, member SIPC. It
23: may be the kitchen or the place where the cook it won't be that uh, tidy or it. So that's where the problem. Is. So I look at the environment, uh, the person selling it, uh, whether the
5: person is well kept, and environment, uh, the booths, or how the person serves the food. They are all things I consider before I buy food from outside.
18: Even before we continue. We need to know what food safety is all about and what constitutes safe food. Senor Emmanuel is a senior nutrition officer here at the Holy Family Hospital.
16: Food safety literally talks about the wholesomeness of what we consume. So it means whatever we take in should be wholesome and not injurious to our health. Because we eat for a reason just to nourish the body but what needs to nourish the body shouldn't be injurious or put post threat to our health that's uh, virtually what food safety is about
18: it is however important to note that there are some three hazardous components that could lead to the contamination of food from production line through to the consumption point
16: we have safety or uh, food safety hazard, hazards that may cause Uh, contamination to make the food unwholesome. So these are the biological agents, hazards, chemical hazards, and physical hazards. When we talk about the biological hazards, these are microorganisms you cannot see with our naked eyes, but when they come into contact to our food with our food and we eat, it becomes injurious or it becomes unwholesome and the chemical talks about chemical agents that may contaminate, that serves as food contaminants and the physical ones are the things that are not supposed to be part of the food we eat. Physical objects, these can be nails, glasses, uh, hair and other things. Food safety also goes beyond the mere preparation um, from
18: the kitchen and then through the consumption stage, sometimes what we buy from the markets, especially processed foods, there is the need for us to check the labeling, as well as the, I mean, expiry date and then the ingredients the, or content of what is in there. But how many people are concerned about checking the expiry date or the labeling of these foods we consume each and every day? Let's find out from the people we meet here on the streets.
12: Mm, what do we check?
23: The expiring dates, yeah, expiring dates,
18: That's what I check. The expiring dates. Beyond the expiring dates, the ADA, labeling, cetera, you, are other labeling, etc. Do you, do you, do you care about them?
23: <laughs> For what? I want milk. I want milk is there? Expiring date, yes, is within the usable date. So that's what I check.
22: I buy I don't milk. I buy, I buy it. That's it. When when is the canned food? Uh, I used to check the expiring dates. I don't really read. On the content, because I know that I'm going to buy milk or I'm going to buy malt, So definitely, uh, malt is inside or milk is inside. So I used to look at the uh, expiring dates without looking at anything. Yeah.
18: Senior Emmanuel is urging consumers to inculcate the habit
16: of reading labels of processed
18: foods.
16: One most important thing that we normally become uh, oblivious of is reading of labels. First of all, we have to cultivate the habit of uh, label reading. One, it has safety measures and key information uh, on them that helps us to ensure our safety. Expiry date on packaged foods is one of the uh, one important information we always have to look out for. And depending on your conditions, the condition uh, you have. It will determine the kind of things, food you can eat and those you have to avoid.
18: He was however quick to urge the general public to be mindful of consuming unsafe food as this could lead to low productivity and in the worst case scenario,
16: death. When you fall sick because of foodborne disease, uh, you will be unproductive if you you have an episode of diarrhea and vomiting can you work you can't work to uh, at, at least get something in return so it goes a long way to affect you in terms of your health and that of your pocket it can also lead to death if uh, the right interventions are not good it has a uh, precarious Implication on our health
18: in our pockets. These consumers are, however, perturbed with the insanitary conditions at various food fending points along the streets and calls on authorities to mount surveillance to help minimize consumption of unsafe foods.
22: I don't know those who are in charge of it, but um, I'll be urging them the environmental protection years. They have to go around, especially the environment. Um, I think in town, I saw um, one wachi seller selling watches around the gutter. But the gutter is very filthy. So I will be um, telling the government to... Assign the environmental agency for them to look at those things. I think that would be very much important. If only they will be allowed to sell that area, they have to make the gutter very nice before they sell something there.
5: And when it's about processed food to the environment, how hygienic the place is, even the person selling it itself, how uh, tidy the person is also before you become. It's something we need to do to educate so that it will bring it will bring the disease burden down. When it comes to Corilla, now that the rains have started, it's something we need to watch out for.
18: So as we mark the World Food Safety Day, we've brought you this engaging interaction with the people of Techima. But By now you should know that it is critical that we take into consideration what we eat or what we buy from the streets, especially canned of processed foods needs to be checked. The labeling needs to be properly checked before we go about Purchasing or consuming them at the end. From the streets of Kichiman here in the Bono East region, my name is Anna Savit, reporting for joining us.
2: And back here, residents of such a uh, Jamasi in Chevi in the Eastern region are uh, recording strange diseases. In this aspect are been caused by illegal mining activities in the Tuar forest. The residents are angry about the destruction of their water bodies by illegal miners. Chief of the area, Burma. Uh, Opoki Butu the first wants his colleague chiefs uh, to help government and uh, to end Galamsee now. Aisha Ibrahim visited the community and filed this report. <laughs>
23: see how destructive the land has become and you can see how cyanide has destroyed the water body how the water has changed color you can see it's all cyanide some looking greenish some looking yellowish remember The chemicals that these people use to mine stay in the soil and in the water for a very long time. The people in the community say they are beginning to record strange diseases and they do not know where it is coming from. Attila Santi is a native of Sajimasi. She says that illegal mining is making their lives miserable. I never
17: want to say I'm too. i to I at I'm a Topiota first, and so mono, cinema, for first but Ama, a
23: So Matilda Asante um, is essentially saying that they used to go to farm and drink water in the uh, farm. But because of illegal mining, they are unable to do that because all the water bodies surrounding them in their farms have been distracted by the illegal mining. Again, those illegal miners, they dig the pits and they do not cover it. And so sometimes people can mistakenly fall into those spaces and so anytime she's going to the farm with her children she's always
17: uncomfortable.
23: Emmanuel Achianotebi, also resident of Sajimase, laments that all efforts to get government's attention to the problem has yielded no result.
24: The cause of the problem, why we are not being able to uproot what is going on, is because of the, 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 the powerful people behind this operation. You see, you arrest them and the next thing, you hear is that they have been released. Nothing happens to them. Um, 2014, 2015, uh, there was an operation here and they arrested and, uh, several, about 500, more than 500 uh, people. And they seized over 11 excavators. That was packed at the uh, as assembly. Before we realized, all the excavators were gone. And the reason is that somebody comes in with a letter from the the seat of government or from a powerful place and then the mce or whoever is in charge have nothing to do than to release them chief of
23: the area berima okopim botu down the first is worried as people are not benefiting from the legal mining but are mostly affected in terms of health small diseases rashes.
25: Even we formerly said in my community, you don't have mosquito there. Mosquito. But now, don't try. All because the trees and then uh, the lions, lions, they have destroyed everything. And it's very painful. It's very painful. And they don't know that the ancestors, it's true, it's a land God created. But I'm telling you, there's a spirit on it. Recently, a lot of people have died. Nicodemusly, then they pick the person and bury him
23: Of course, of course, The angry. CEO of the Center for Social Impact Studies, Richard Elmer, says the country's biggest casualty ever has been that of our forest reserves. For him, sustainable mining, and preventing the use of cyanide are key to dealing with the problems that confront us. Aishi Ryan, Joy News, Etiwa Forest.
2: Now, government says its objectives for the Greening uh, Ghana project has uh, been effectively achieved, as reports indicate that 70% of the trees Plant to survive, Deputy Minister for Lines and Natural Resources Veneto Osubio was speaking during a visit to partners of the Green Ghana Day celebration. We have more in this report.
19: The Green Ghana Day was introduced in 2021 by President Nanaiko addo as part of an aggressive national afforestation program to restore the lost forest cover of Ghana and to contribute to the global effort to mitigate climate change. In anticipation of this year's Green Ghana Day, Deputy Minister for Lands and Natural Resources Benito Ousupio is on a visit to partners of the Green Ghana Initiative to express gratitude for their continuous support. In
25: 2021, we started, uh, we started with an initial uh, target of 5 million and uh, at the close of day, we were able to distribute, seven, uh, distribute and plant 7 million. Yes. And then the following year to uh, we set another target of 20 million, and we did around 24 million. Yes. Uh, as we speak now, on the average, if you take the two years together, uh, the success rate or the survival rate of these seedlings uh, is pegged at around 70%. This has been through our own observation monitoring exercises that we've done, and then finally, uh, one that has been done by national security on their own. They even didn't inform us that they were doing this but they did it behind us and then they brought us their report which showed clearly that yes, uh,
19: these are the challenges and uh, this is where it's been successful The group CEO for Gwell PLC Kwame Osei Prempe one of the partners was full of praise for the initiative as he believes it will help deal with some of the country's environmental issues This
8: dream. It's a real good one, timorously, and every Ghanaian ought to support it, especially corporate bodies. And we know that uh, use of fossil fuels damage the environment. So the more peace we have, the better it is for us, because all of the carbon can be absorbed, and you can have some free air to breathe. So if we, as God shared your dream, that has propelled us to bring that um, donation. But we do not believe that we, are doing, we did anything extraordinary because it's our duty to help Ghana.
19: Managing Director for Japan Motors, Abdiu Somod Alhassan Musa, said the initiative will play a significant role in reducing the impact of global warming.
10: So, and then we also hope that with this uh, kind of gesture we have done, the, the next time we are meeting you, give us a brief of the number of plants oh, of that we have um, planted and which have survived. <laughs> so that we, 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 look, we, we think that we actually our contribution will go a long way to improve the green uh, ideas that we all have. So this is a small thing that I want to say.
19: Thank you, Thank you very much. The team also visited the Chamber of Mines where the CEO assured continued support for the initiative.
13: The same way you mentioned that this is coming from the Honourable Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, I, I want to, to be, to be um, transparent here to say that we discussed the matter of Green Ghana at the highest level of the Ghana Chamber of Mines. And a decision was taken that we should continue to budget. Green Ghana going forward. So that commitment is always there. It's always going to be there. It's going to be a part of us.
19: This year's Green Ghana Day is scheduled for 7th of June with the goal of distributing a total of 10 million trees. Esther Chroma's report read to you.
2: And we are already in the second half of uh, 2023, and tomorrow Finance Minister kendall Forreta will be addressing uh, the nation on the state of Gu- the Ghanaian economy. Uh, it's not strange for such an address to uh, gain massive public attention due to uh, the fact that the, there's a regional impact of uh, the econ- economic performance on the wealth and health of every uh, one of the 31 million population. Uh, here in Ghana and beyond. Mr. Frieta's address uh, coincides with the arrival uh, into the country of a a team uh, from the International Monetary Fund as part of a mission visit to track the progress of Ghana's economic recovery program. So what's the state of the Ghanaian economy? Uh, We find answers to that even before uh, the finance minister speaks. Uh, Isaac Kofia, J. Data analyst with uh, uh, the Joy Research Desk, is joining us with more. Isaac, um, let's start off with the performance pre and post uh, the IMF bailout. We're not doing quite well, and then the bailout is now in. Are we able to track how we've been performing so far?
26: Well, it's fair to say that we are not even one month into
2: the IMF ECF program.
26: program. And you said it right that the IMF team will be in Ghana.
1: It's Macy's friends and family. Get an extra 30% off great gifts for him just in time for Father's Day when you use your coupon or Macy's card. And take 15% off skincare, fragrance, and more. Or shop specials he'll love while supplies last. Give love, give style. Now at Macy's. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.
19: At Progressive, we know how much you love your recreational vehicles. So we decided to record this commercial in an RV. With a
2: family on vacation.
19: Mom, who are these people? Oh, that's Flo and Jamie. They're recording a commercial, sweetie. Don't they do that in the studio? Oh, normally. No. But we wanted to feature a family who bundled their home and RV and saved with Progressive.
0: Um... Yeah, it looks like you're all out of chips.
19: Okay,
23: I think we'll just drop you off at the next gas station.
0: Bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
26: Probably this week, and to form part of the first assessment that the IMF will be reviewing, our ECF program. Remember, we've already enjoyed the first $600 million. And after this assessment, and looking at the condition and the health of the Ghanaian economy, They'll go ahead to uh, release the next tranche, which is also around the same, uh, 600 million. This year, we are expecting 1.2 billion from the IMF and then other uh, 520 million from the World Bank. It's simply because, uh, just like you said, the health of the economy um, is is probably um, an issue that everybody would have to take into consideration because when it comes, it affects everybody. Uh, Actually said that this is the first time in my life that I've seen you know every Ghanaian talking economics because every where, everywhere you go you see you hear people talking about haircuts, mm-hmm. you hear people talking about inflation, you hear people talking about depreciation of the city. Right. It simply means that when the economy is not in a very good shape and it's affecting every pocket you you hear or you find each and every. Uh, One in the country, probably 30 million people in Ghana also talking about it.
2: But but then in terms of the indicators, uh, the macroeconomic indicators, are they improving? Are they looking good? Because we're expecting the finance minister to touch on that tomorrow.
26: Well, so we said that for the IMF program to be successful, the first thing that it has to resolve or the first part of the, the economy that it has to touch should be the exchange rate situation. And if you look at the exchange rate situation, the data is clear, and it's the the fluctuation mm-hmm. has not been that bad. If you compare this year to last year, right now, if you have a, uh, if you have about ten CDs or eleven CDs, you can still exchange for a dollar. Last year, around this time, we we're battling with exchange rates. Mm-hmm. You needed fifteen CDs or sixteen CDs right. to do the same thing. The inflation is coming down after peaking at uh, 54.1 in December. is currently around 41%. And so generally you can f- um, you know, f- see that the economy is trying to gain shape again.
2: So whether or not, um, of course, we'll bounce back is something we need to wait a bit more for uh, because uh, it's just early days here. But we know uh, that the question on the minds of the technical people watching down financial space is are we going back to the IMF? That's, a, that's the biggest question right now on the minds of the experts. But you've been doing some work on that, uh, and we're to expect something from, from your desk?
26: Well, so this is actually the 16th time that, the 17th, in fact, that we are running a proper IMF program. We've actually enjoyed some, you know, loans and other things, but those were not proper programs. And if you look at the 17th IMF program, and if you compare it to that of the 16th, it's a bit different in the sense that, with the 17th IMF program, there's a lot of things that we have to do, like debt restructuring and all that. But if you listen to government and the posturing, it's assumed that this should be our last. And even from the IMF country director, and then also from the you know the the the, the country le- leader who has been leading this, the the team, it's you get a sense that the IMF want to. Put a permanent stop to this precarious nature of of our borrowing and all that. But you have to ask yourself that with a debt currently over 400 billion Ghana cities almost crossing a trillion cities and around you know 50 million dollars, 50 billion dollars, you also have to ask yourself that how then? How long will it take us for us to reach sustainable Ooh. levels? So we've been we've been doing some work on it, and we've put together. A uh, very interesting documentary. Uh, we call it "A Nation That Begs," uh, tracking Ghana's all seventeen IMF right. programs, and then also looking at our uh, mm. And at that's airing on the twelfth of right. June. That's next week, Monday, uh, mm-hmm. on the AM show, um, and then also on Joy SMS, SMSs around eight AM, and
2: then in the evening around eight PM. Okay. We wait and look forward to that. Isaac of VHG, uh, joining us with the latest. And that's all we have for you here on The Pulse. I am us Suga. We have more stories for you at myjoyonline.com. Thanks for watching.
16: This is why we got into the IMF. You were spending too much relative to revenues, which is true. You were borrowing too much, which is true. Your external payments
10: position has deteriorated, which is Thank true. You.
13: I'm also pleased to report that the three-year IMF-supported extended credit facility program began in 2015 comes to an end this year. We will not go to the IMF today, we will not go to
8: IMF tomorrow, and we are not going as long as the NPP remains in power. Don't let anybody tell you, we are not people of short sight.
13: Suddenly, we were facing major challenges on our balance of payments, our, our currency went into a steep decline, interest rates went out of the window, inflation, uh, all the, the indices that have been worked on. And that is what basically forced us to go to seek the assistance of the
5: farm. A Nation That begs a Joy News Hotline documentary by Isaac Kofieje, showing on Joy News Monday, 12 June at 8.30 p.m. and on the Joy FM Super Morning Show at 8.30 a.m.
17: This is entitled, No Nuts. There's nothing on this earth quite as handsome as a black on black, cool. So we laugh in us. Half of the time, we don't even know who is dead, but we'll be there anyway. Oh no, that's nothing. We would know the disease, of course. He would be my aunt's husband's uncle on his father's side, or my best friend's best friend's brother-in-law, or some such remote connection. But we shall be there and should be there. We would have to be there at the funeral. The men trailing in yards of Edinkra, black, dark red, midnight blue some colors that could only be created here and nowhere else color like paint blood or a mixture of dark blue and red and gray also brown like dead leaves under giant trees in ancient forest vanished gold all metallic these days is the men who are wearing the rings Jewels, rings on their fingers, thin gold chains around their necks, hair cross-cropped. Hey, our men can look so handsome. The women in the latest but small mothers, black princess or shadow. Or if they are the bougie bougie crowd, then of course, it's of or lace or even silk. Dekaba. Cut in the most fashionable and most outrageous styles. The duku, sitting with studied roguishness on the pile of a huge graffiti. Oh, you too, did you have to ask if all that was her own hair? From the church, we accompanied the dead to the cemetery while relishing being alive ourselves and beautiful. We put them in the grave the priests do some more sermonizing. We throw handfuls of earth on the coffin, which makes us sound like none other actually. Then we go back to the house of mourning, where, if they have remembered to provide the ritual pots of water, we proceed first to wash the cemetery of our hands, and then move on to the next major business of the day, which is serious jollification. And even if they have not provided any water, hey, who cares? Who cares about all those old-fashioned customs anyway? We still move on to the real business of the day. We sing, we dance, we drink, we eat, then we go back to our homes to wait for the next funeral.